This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Tuesday, February 19th. This is episode 239. Woo! I am Dan Ellis. I might be Ryan Duffy this week. Yay! And I'm not Matt. No, oh. you are not. I'm not. You are you are the wonderful Mr. Grant Larimer sitting in for Matt this evening. It Thank you nice very much. It is nice to be back. Yeah, and thank it, you. I know, I know Dan can't tell, but he wore purple tonight just for us. I, I wore purple. <laughs> the purple dragon <laughs> rides back. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to. It's It's been too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I like when you're on the show. It's a lot of fun all the time. It's fun, yeah. I dig yeah. it. Well, tonight we have Nick Fish joining us for an interview. That will be a lot of fun, I'm sure. He's a great guy. Yeah. I'll dig him a lot. His second appearance. Yes. Hasn't been on the show for a while, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to get him on here more often. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, I called it. I called it. You, you called it? Uh, I called gold. it. Go! Oh, I, no. I called that Donald Trump would declare oh, a national emergency yeah. to fund... <laughs> His stupid goddamn wall. No one saw that coming. Yeah. No. What I what I didn't call is him saying that he didn't need to do it in yeah. the same <laughs> fucking same, same announcement. announcement. Yeah. Exactly. Announcement. It's a national emergency that I don't have to declare a national emergency. Yeah. That I've been yeah. that I've been planning for like months. What a yeah. dumb motherfucker. Yeah, you wouldn't have guessed he would give all the lawsuits now coming out the ammo they needed in the same <laughs> fucking speech. It's like holy shit, dude. Like, you are just, you're so fucking dumb that you don't even realize you've just undercut the entire fucking thing that you just announced. Yeah. And one other thing about this. How often in the news do you hear about people being killed by the MS-13 gang? Not very often unless it's news coming from where, you know. Ms. Thirteen Breitbart. is yeah. yeah. Oh, I th- but I thought I thought Ms. Thirteen was like all over the like infil- infiltrated the United States, streaming across our borders. Yeah, and they're murdering people like fucking like it's Christmas. <laughs> is that a typical time when there are a lot of murders that happen from street gangs? Yeah, I mean you get a lot of gifts. <laughs> I it's mean, like it's like you know the the Christmas murders that happen every year. That's when, it's like that every day yeah, now. That's when Poppy gives out the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they they're trying out their new gifts of yeah, guns and yeah. their their new weapons yeah. that they've received. Yeah. <laughs> they're stocking stuffers. Here <laughs> kitties. Here kitties. <laughs> Come and get it. Oh yeah. great! I got a Glock 17. That's just what I've always wanted. Yay. Can I go to the playground, Daddy? <laughs> Where's the safety? Oh, it doesn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big boy now. I don't need a safety. Yep. And even the serial number's gone too. <laughs> Yay. I love you, uh, Poppy. <laughs> wow. Nice. But yeah, I knew he was going to do it and he did it. I, like yeah. I said, I just didn't realize that he would be like that. We all know he's fucking dumb, right? Do you I, think- just, I, I just, I guess I still underestimate just how fucking awful and stupid he is. Yeah, I don't think they can use the excuse that the teleprompter broke this time. 
Yeah. And the teleprompter broke, <laughs> and I didn't know what to say, and so I made some shit up. I started rambling a little bit, and then I rambled some more, and then I had to go potty. <laughs> you heard about the teleprompter thing, didn't you? No. Uh, so, like, not that one, but, like, a few weeks before when he gave another public address. Mm-hmm. And he started going off on the gangs, killing people and the oh, rapists. Right. They're like, yeah, like his about tele- how they transport women across the yeah, border. They're like, well, his teleprompter tape. Yeah, and, like, yeah. his, his teleprompter broke, so he was just going off the cuff. And and <laughs> all of that, all of that. So when he was saying that, I was like, this is from Sicario. This is how Sicario. Mm. Th- this is how Sicario Two opens with prayer rugs out in the desert and them transporting people <laughs> in the back of a truck d- with duct tape. Like, did he just fucking watch yeah. Sicario and now he's just telling us? Yeah, like he, the, the, uh, the plot. <laughs> he's 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 like spoiling the movie for everybody. <laughs> I was trying to think of the the actor in that one, the the dude, the dude. Uh, not Ben. Uh, yeah, but uh, del, del Toro, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Benicio. yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted his name to pop up in a speech next time. <laughs> Benicio del Toro is smuggling people across yeah. the border. <laughs> It's insanity. We really, it, it just, we need to build a wall. We need to get Will Smith back on the streets as a cop. <laughs> you, you need to take his speeches and then, like, tack on the closing credits from the associated movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? just, I figure that they would all end with, with the little clip from, like, the end of uh, Larry David's show. Oh, uh,. I know which one you're thinking of. Can't think of the name of now. But there's that there's that internet and YouTube meme, right, where somebody does something and that, that music plays yeah. stupid, and then they they roll the credits for that. Yeah, I, that's how I figure every Trump speech should end is with, <laughs> we should just with the do credits that. from that. <laughs> or or the Seinfeld thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, just fucking nuts. Well, what have you been up to? You haven't been in the studio for a little while, Ryan. Yeah, I, I I went back to Wisconsin, surprised my mom for her birthday, which went very well. She was extremely surprised. Oh, yeah? So how did it all go down? Well, so my mom came home from work late because she had to go to Target. Uh-huh. So I yelled at her for that. Uh-huh. Um, but, Damn it, mom, going to get groceries to feed us. Yeah. Well, we had cooked her dinner. Oh. Which she didn't catch on to right away. Now you're Now you're late for a dinner that you didn't know was happening. But how was, dare you? She was just wondering, like, why is there so much asparagus? <laughs> we can't eat all that. Oh, family. <laughs> but so I, Sarah was actually sitting in a recliner, and I was kind of sitting behind it, trying to keep my nephew quiet. Like, shh, hmm. you got to be quiet. It's a surprise. Grandma's here. Yeah. If you're making a lot of noise, she's going to know what's up right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, she walked in the room and saw my brother and saw the the – her grandkids and stuff. Then she saw Sarah and my mom, she goes, she goes, I saw Sarah first. And I was like, wait, if she's here, <laughs> Ryan's here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so she was pleasantly surprised. She said best birthday ever. Nice. That's very good. Yep. I'm, I'm happy that she was happy about it. And then I got laryngitis. Awesome. So how did you get laryngitis? Uh, I think my, my niece gave it to me. Oh, she sneezed in my face at one point. Little germ factories. Yeah. Kids. Blech. That's what I told Sarah. Sarah said, who do I got to kill for making you sick? I'm like, I actually <laughs> think it was Zola that made me sick. She sneezed <laughs> in my face. She's like, she's too cute. I can't kill her. <laughs> Maybe I'll just maim her. <laughs> but then my mom also got sick. That's why mm-hmm. I think it was one of them that got us sick. Mm. 
probably. It's oh, I mean, you can always blame it on the kids. What are they going to do? Yep. Not much. <laughs> You're too tiny to defend yourself. Fuck off. But but it was cold as fucking Wisconsin because I was there at the very end of the polar vortex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Before oh, you went fun. out, we were talking about how fucking fun, cold fun. it was going to be. Yeah, there. I think when I landed in Milwaukee, the temperature itself was like negative eight. With the wind chill. I don't know what it was with the wind chill, but. Like negative 50. The, the guy that was getting us. So I got my rental car. Uh-huh. Um, It got. So it's about an hour, hour 20 minute drive from Milwaukee to my Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. I think the car warmed up about halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the thing ticked off a cold. I'm like, oh, wait, it's got heat. <laughs> oh, man. Do, do the yeah. boiling water challenge. The- I, I didn't do that because I was like, it's fucking. I left. I left. Salt Lake Airport, it was fucking like almost 50 degrees. Yeah. I, I land in Milwaukee and it's negative eight, and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going outside. Nope. Going not home. for a YouTube video. Turn it around. Jump it on the next flight back to Utah yep. where it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about how it felt. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that you're back. Well, that thank your you. mother was happy and oh, that yeah. you're over the laryngitis. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I can talk and people don't like it. Awesome. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I got so people in the audience don't know, but Ryan's way of announcing that he wasn't going to be on the show was to record a little audio clip and send it. Wait, I think it said my voice is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, this is me. Uh, my voice sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you just like you just kind of trailed off. I think and I, pr- I, pr- I probably lost all moisture in my throat to keep making words. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that was good. And when, what's new in in Mister Larimer's world? Uh, I've been working a lot. Uh, my team was reduced from four and a half people down to me. Wait. So- what is a half person? Did you have a midget? <laughs> <laughs> you guys hire an Oompa Loompas? <laughs> no, we, we had one person who was half time with us. Oh, okay. Half time. Uh, like, I didn't project, think you worked so, at a chocolate factory. Um, so, you know, but yeah, just a lot of work. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's been busy. The, the fun thing is, so, uh, a little while back, I, I did the whole genetic thing, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm adopted. So I have no, Oh, right, yeah, right. Really yeah. strong background knowledge of. So I, I did the 23andMe. I did the genetic thing. Mm. And, and so, surprise, I'm European. What? <laughs> you know, I, who would know? You know, you know no, no secret uh, Jamaican grandfather or anything like that in, in my family tree. Uh, but about a month ago, so 23andMe, you know, they have the whole uh, family genetic family thing yeah it's a whole bunch of like fourth and fifth cousins 10 times removed or what whatever shit yeah you know people all of a sudden my uh half brother pops up oh Oh, yeah and i i knew he existed because i i met my bio mom back in the 80s when when i was a teenager and she told me she had a son and a daughter and he popped up on 23andMe. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So I send him a quick message and say, hey, is Kathy your mom? Because he had the same What's last. What's up, bro? Same <laughs> last. He had the, I lost touch with BioMom back in the 80s. Mm. Uh, totally lost touch. I didn't even know how to get in touch with him. Um, and so I, I sent a quick message, you know, hey, is Kathy. And the impression you left with her apparently was 
so she shouldn't bother trying to find you again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I was a teenager. I and I left Utah, joined the military. I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Um. So we, you know, we just kind of fell out of contact. So I sent him a quick message saying, "Hey, is Kathy your mom?" I just want to confirm the whole genetic thing. And it dawned on me a couple of days later. I knew about him. I don't know if he knows about oh. me. Oh. Now, it's not like I let the cat out of the bag. You know, the genetic, you know, 23 Me yeah. did that. Uh. They opened Pandora's box. <laughs> but it's like, here I'm confirming I know his mom's name. I don't know if, if she's still alive or anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, so. This fucking purple dragon like, contacted me on like, 23 Me. It's So he responds. A couple of days later, he's like, uh, yes, how are you? Like, we're old high school buddies catching up. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't quite the response I was expecting. <laughs> Maybe that's why it took two you're, days. You're not really communicating whether you know about me. He probably spent two days, like, typing up very intricate emails in a different way. Yeah. How are you? So I respond. <laughs> I respond. I'm good. How are you? I, <laughs> I you know, I, I met your mom. I figure he's kind of put, the weather where put you are. two and two together by now. Um, and so I, I met your mom back in the eighties. You know, we, we had dinner a few times, uh, but lost touch. Would love to catch up with this her. This sounds like you that. had a fling with his mother. It does. You're contacting him. Which is your but mother. But 23 <laughs> me is like saying we're brothers. I mean, it's not, you know, not that. I figure you figured it out by now. Uh, and no response. No response for, for weeks. Uh-huh. And and then I, I sent a follow-up message uh, saying, I didn't mean to be too creepy here. But. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously, I know I about like the situation, and if you didn't, I understand this might be a little yeah. awkward for you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, but here's my contact information. Uh, if if you or your mom or whoever wants to get in touch, and again, no response. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is happening up in Oregon. I mean, oh. you know, the whole family might be like, what the fuck? I mean, there's this guy down in Salt Lake. He's our brother. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of, it was so just a whole lot of, well, so just a few couple of days ago, he finally sent an email and um, he, he had been really busy with stuff and that's why he hadn't responded. He kind of caught me up on a few things and <laughs> sent, uh, bio mom's, uh, email address and said he Google, he Googled me. And the two things he found out was I'm a software developer for the VA and that I started up some group called Atheist of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh uh, shit. Okay. And he's a devout Christian. <laughs> well, okay. So, <laughs> so first off, I mean, in my response, I kind of corrected that. I, I didn't start a, I, I, I know my name is associated with the group quite a bit, uh, online, but no, it's been around for decades. I didn't start it. <laughs> I was just on the board for a few years, <laughs> but then he sent me a friend request and between his Google search and the friend request, all of a sudden it was literally just last night. I had this existential dread, uh, <laughs> wash over me that didn't dawn on me. What the fuck if my bio family? who uh, I've only met bio mom 
um, what the fuck if my bio family is, is like some psychotic right wing like MAGA MAGA Trump supporting anti vaxxer psychos? Ugh. It's like what 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 am I going to do with that? Please you tell know, me like, they're an organ growing weed. Am <laughs> I I'm, 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 I'm supposed to? I'm trying to reconnect with them. Uh, do I say, oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know? So, but I, I look at the guy's Facebook page, Bio Brother Facebook page, and yeah, he's he's pretty mainstream. So, hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of working out, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. He's a, he's a Catholic priest. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a massage therapist with a chiropractor. Oh. A chiropractor office. Well, so hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to do so with that. So not entirely mainstream. I, well, yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I guess- I'm not seeing any anti-vax things yeah. or like raw water things on his website. So on on his Facebook page. You just haven't run so across there's, the post there's where some he's hope. cured somebody's cancer through his touch and yeah, well, yeah. massaging their auras. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I like going to the massage place once in a while. Oh yeah, uh, probably not a not at a chiropractor's no, place, but no, the the other kind of massage yeah. place. I have been to a chiropractor <laughs> once, uh-huh. but I think there were more. They weren't like a whack like well, this is going to realign this like they took legit x-rays of stuff and they're looking like okay yeah we can see right there this disc is doing this it's pushing against this which is causing your pain so let's adjust it yeah i've i've gone to the chiropractor in the past as well before i learned that it's bullshit well it, it helped me <laughs> well i initially thought that it had helped me also and then i started thinking about the amount of time that passed between the first time I went in and when I had stopped going and the drugs that I was taking to help and the other things that I was doing. And then the next time I hurt my back, I thought, well, I'm not going to go see the quack. I'll just see how this works out. A physical and, therapist. And it was about, it was the same amount of, it's like time and, and putting some effort into my, my, doing other things to fuck it up. Mine was immediate release. Oh yeah. Like I was in pain. Like I was like, hey, if I hit a bump in the road, my fucking, I'm like, I'm feeling it. Like it hurts. And he popped it. He's like, oh, I can. That feels so fucking good right now. <laughs> like oh my fucking god, that pain just left because I actually had like a like not like a slip disc, but mm-hmm. like I had like sh- one of my I had shifted something on my spine and it was mm-hmm. actually pushing on a nerve. So he just like pushed it back so it wasn't pushing on the nerve anymore. Oh good. Well, good. So yeah. that was like legit actually yeah. helped. <laughs> and I haven't had to happen again since. Super. Well, good. So I was, I was creating all these <laughs> scenarios in my head that it ended up not being a thing, but it was, yeah, it's interesting. So now I have this whole like bio family up in Oregon. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I'm not They're all like, three percenters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it, it's not like I'm, looking for a family or anything my family is my family that's the thing about being adopted and and always knowing you're adopted is that my family is my family I right mean, they're i the whole genetic connection never made sense to me mm. so 
they're they're not my family. I it's not that they're irrelevant, but yeah, they're they're just biological connections. Yeah, yeah, it's it'd be interesting to connect with them and kind learn, of swap learn some stories history, and all maybe. That. But it's not like they're family. Yeah, well, family's know. what you make of, mm-hmm. and it it I'm, my dad's weird about it. Like when I adopted Gray, you know his his first question I think was, "So are you changing his name to Ellis?" I'm like, no. Well, why not? Because you have I'll let one? him decide if he wants to do that later, yeah. and if not, it's no oh, big yeah. deal. And he's like, well, how's anybody going to know he's your son? <laughs> like, uh, I, I introduce him as my son? I'll, I'll be introducing him that way, and yeah. he'll call me dad, and he'll be living with me, and I'll be raising him and supporting him and loving him yeah. and caring for him. Like, what the fuck does his name have to do with that? Yeah. Well, how's he going to carry on your name if he doesn't have it? I'm like, that's, what 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 the fuck would it yeah. matter if he carried on my name anyway because he's not passing on my genetic material? Yes, yeah. I mean that's it just, that's just, it just false labeling at that yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Call the FDA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's that's it just it. Oh, my dad's weird about shit like that. He's weird about a lot of things, but yeah, I never understood that whole that whole bit. Well, and, and that's why that the the whole genealogy thing never. I I never connected with genealogy either because mm-hmm. what the fuck family do I look up? I there's my yeah. Larimer family, which is my adopted family, and you know there's some fun things. I mean, my great 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 grandfather founded Denver, some shit like that. Um, unless I'm like Elizabeth Warren, and that's just a family myth that, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> that I was just told, and I've never actually researched, and might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, but so nothing against Warren, um, or my genetic family, who I know nothing about. I, what would I research in genealogy? So I've just never researched anything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think so, it would be interesting to do the DNA thing, but I just haven't. It was it was just fun to I I didn't do it to track down bio family. I I did it just because I was curious what regions. Obviously, I figured I was European, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know what regions I was from. And all yeah, that. I've I've often wondered if maybe I'm not European. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> where do gingers? Maybe come from? there yeah. is like that, you know, kind of ten percent Ashkenazi Jew in me or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't look no. in the mirror and go. But I'm, I wonder what my ancestry is. <laughs> I'm British and Swiss. I mean, surprise, oh, I, surprise. I wonder how many families that has ruined. What the genealogy? The, oh, the by yeah. by finding out. Motherfucker, I'm adopted? <laughs> you know? You, or, you mean getting the wait, genetic testing? Getting genetic testing to find out, yeah. wait, I'm not actually related to my fucking wait, family. Yeah. John, who's this Who's this son you're supposed to have? Yeah. <laughs> you have a son? <laughs> well, maybe that's the other reason I haven't done it is I don't want, <laughs> I, I don't want you know, somebody in their, in their 20s or early 30s maybe. I guess um no, they'd have to be lit. they wouldn't be thirty yet if I had <laughs> children that I was trying unaware to, of. Trying to trace it back yeah. to <laughs> Daddy? That that first event in your basement. Yeah. I don't I don't think anybody in my family has done the DNA testing. Maybe they're all afraid. <laughs> I, I haven't because they can use your information however they want. Oh yeah? I figured, I mean, yeah, I spent eight years in the army. I've donated, uh, yeah. 
uh, marrow to uh, like a donation thing for uh, various things. I figure my DNA is all over the place already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Government databases and Don't shit use like a black that. Blacklight anywhere near Grant. <laughs> so, I mean, I figure the government already has all the DNA on me that they. So I, yeah. I figured there's. I'm not giving well, anything up. I guess the only one that worried me was I saw where they said that they can actually sell you your genetic information to insurance companies. Yeah. So if they do a if they do a DNA test and it's fine. Oh, you're you have this Prone likelihood of heart disease, of heart disease or, and cancer, yeah. then the insurance agency can get in like, oh, wait, we see from your genetic test that you submitted willingly to this that we bought. You have a disposition to this disease, so your insurance is going to be higher. I figure, and I've, I've heard about that and, and that possible concern. I figure they're going to find a way to do that anyway. anyway. So the the solution to that is is passing laws legislation that legislation that prevents insurance companies from using DNA yeah. uh, rather than pre- trying to prevent because I mean th- there are so many ways of collecting DNA oh yeah well and le- insurance companies will legal find and a way illegal <laughs> if they if if they're if insurance companies are able to adjust rates based on your genetics. They'll find a way to do it unless yeah. legislation prevents them yeah. from mm-hmm. doing yeah. it. And yeah, they'll they'll get your DNA. Well, as a libertarian, I think they should be able to do that, and then I just won't do business with them. <laughs> well, <then laughs> until, you're not doing business with until anybody. Until all of them. <laughs> yeah. Until none of them will do business with you. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh wait, you've 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 poked a hole in my libertarian <laughs> ideology. That seemed impossible for anybody to do. Oh, you'll win this one. I'm not a big fan of the libertarians. <laughs> if anybody out there really? is unaware really? of this. I thought yeah. you loved them. I think that there are fine and lovely people who are libertarians, and then eventually they learn more about the world, and they're no longer libertarians. Well, I haven't seen any libertarians throw their hat in the race yet, but then again, no one ever hears about it. Very rare. Well, Bill Weld has declared as a, as a Republican. Republican, and what? he ran yeah. on the libertarian Every year, there's a libertarian option on my ballot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just no one cares about it. Gary Johnson, me. That's. I mean, that's why. I mean, this whole argument about we we need more than two parties. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, we need more than a two party system. We already have more than a two party system. I mean, in 2016, there were like six presidential candidates on my ballot. Yeah, Democrat, Republican, Green Libertarian, Party, Green, the Freedom Constitution Party, yeah. Party. I mean, there are a shit ton of parties. Just no one cares about it. Yeah. Well, and I think of so it's not that we. I mean, we obviously have a two party system, but the reason we have a two party system is because of the way that we hold and cast our voting. Right. Exactly. I mean, it always because it it, always yeah. results in a two person. It's contest. a simple majority vote. Yeah. Well, I mean, setting aside the you know. The primaries and well, the primaries and and the, the uh, electoral college and all that, mm, but yeah. just at the state level, yeah, it's simple majority, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it would be great if we had ranked choice voting where you yeah. could say, yeah. I, you know, I I like this person the most, I want this person, but then next I like this person, next I like this person. Ranked I mean, choice is, a, is seems of, a much more yeah much more fair. I don't know. It seems like a variation on theme. Thing. Well, I mean, I it. it to me, it seems like a variation on a thing. I mean, it's just the primaries and the elections being held in the same, uh, on the same ballot, rather than having primaries separate. 
you know, I, I, I suppose, but it would, it would, I mean, I, I don't object to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I don't think it really I think we solves should, anything. We should be allowed to vote for the VP too. Well, and it would, no, that would be a terrible fucking idea. Why? <laughs> because then what if you voted for, you know, this person as president and this person as VP and these two people fucking hate each other. They will never be able to work together. But do you <laughs> like does the, does the VP ever actually do anything? Well, the VP takes over they the fucking cover. If, if our if our fast food loving president <clears throat> dies, yeah, and if he is just as heinous as the one sitting in office, kind of like, well, I wish we yeah. could have voted on him not being there. What? But that no, that's but that's not how it works. Then you just don't vote for the fucking guy. Well, you, yeah, well, president anyway, who picked such a terrible running mate. You, you, I, I didn't vote for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but to have an option in choosing, saying, hey, they get to choose their VP, you don't have any fucking say in it, and they're second in line to president, being like, well, it'd be kind of nice to say, I like that well, person, that's but where I like choice, VP. I mean, that's where ranked choice voting would, would be good, because then you could have... Well... You know, it would it would basically just provides more options and makes it more equitable yeah. for all of the other parties that are out there. And it, it reduces the chance of a spoiler coming along that, you know, divides the vote in one party. And, you know, that like that individual party, you know, people running on that party platform receive a shit ton more votes than the one person who received a majority of votes for a single person. Right. So instead of voting for a single person, you're voting more for an idea and a platform. And so, you know, if, if you want, oh, I like this Democrat and then I like this Green Party person and I like this Libertarian person and the Republicans at the end of the list or I have to pick between a Democrat or a Republican you know I've only got one vote it just it 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 allows a better ranking of people who are in the race so that it's more fair and equitable and like I say it reduces the chances of a spoiler coming along who's going to take just enough votes away Suck from, away. You know, yeah. from yeah. the one person who had a decent chance yeah well, and, and, and that makes sense. I, I, I tend to think that it doesn't, it just doesn't address the underlying problem in politics altogether. I, it, it's like, it's addressing symptoms rather than, than the, the root money cause, issue. which is the money issue. I mean, people talk about, oh, like, there's a ton mul- of, yeah, multi, there's a ton of election reform multi, that should happen. Multi party system. We need more than two parties. We need, uh, uh, term limits, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, which all term of that is just the That's, symptoms yeah. of the problem. And the root problem is the money mm-hmm. and, you know, and getting money out of politics. Yeah. I would, I think it would be fucking awesome. Fundamental. If problem. we could have publicly funded, yep. publicly funded elections. No yeah. donors. Yeah. yeah. And strict, you know, strict time limits on this is when you start campaigning. This is when you end. These are the number of debates we're going strict to have. Strict limits on lobbying. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, the yeah, the yeah, amount of money that. that you can spend. No outside money yeah. can come in at all. That this is, is this. That's the root problem yeah. we're having. What, and, and all these other things are ancillary. And then even when opinion. they get into office, they spend so much of their time just continuing to try to, to raise try money for to the raise next money. time they and run. And they have or to. Or for other candidates who are running. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah well, and they have no choice. It's And yeah. it's... You can't really criticize them for it because that's what they have to do. That's the way the system is set up. Well, you can criticize them for not doing something to change the way the system well, is yeah, set up. Exactly. But, but yeah. I mean, once they're in it, they have to follow that. But they should, you know, I, I say should. 
I would like them to work on other things to change the system, but yeah. they don't. Because in, in, yeah. in, instead of senators sitting in their office spending a majority of their time trying to collect money for their party. Yeah. yeah. And term limits aren't going to solve that. No. no. That doesn't solve the money issue. Well, and, and I mean, honestly, the the term limit that is set should be, you know, that when you stop getting votes from people because exactly, you're not representing yeah. them. Yeah. If you're representing the people well and they still want you to hold office, then you should be allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah. Unlike here in Utah, people are like, oh, we should have term limits. I'm like, you realize you voted for the same fucks for fucking 30 years? Well, and what, yeah. and what problems do these, they think term limits are going to solve? Same people who voted for Orrin Hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over, who and ran over initially over on the entire the, idea of term, term limits. limits, yeah, are now are complaining about term limits. Yet they would reelect Orrin Hatch in a minute. Well, he wears the right jersey. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that special Mormon one <laughs> underneath his shirt. <laughs> it's, it's special Jesus magic underwears. My bishop said, "Vote Orrin." <laughs> well, uh, let's get to the interview with Nick. Cause, okay, because he's a very cool guy. Yeah. All right. We cool. That. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Hello? Is that you? No. Called a cab like 20 minutes ago. It says it's 10 kilometers away, which is, I don't even know how far. It's a little over six miles. Is that why you came out here? To scold me about the metric system? No, I was about to call a cab myself. I have an early class tomorrow. Then I saw my friend hiding behind a plant and I got concerned. Then my friend lashed out at me again, so I'm going to take off and uh, leave her here with dirty leaves in her hair. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't go. You're a brain scientist. Can you tell me why I did that in there? I mostly do clinical research in neuroscience. I don't really specialize in temper tantrums. Maybe you need a child psychologist or a binky. This is a solid burn. I deserved it. I did. But please, can you help me? Why did I do that? Okay, here's my guess. As humans evolved, the first big problem we had to overcome was me versus us. Learning to sacrifice a little individual freedom for the benefit of a group. You know, like sharing food and resources so we don't starve or get eaten by tigers, things like that. Okay, with you so far. The next problem to overcome was us versus them, trying to see other groups different from ours as equals. That one we're still struggling with. It's why we have racism and nationalism and why fans of Stone Cold Steve Austin hate fans of The Rock. No, we hate The Rock because he went Hollywood and Stone Cold keeps it real, so The Rock's fans are the real jabronis. Point made. Keep going. Well, what's interesting about you is... I don't think you ever got past the me versus us stage. The Brainy Bunch is basically the first group that became part of your self-identity and now that's breaking up. You're feeling this new kind of loss and you're scared of going back to being alone. I mean, that's just my guess. The other possible medical diagnosis is that you're just a bit of a dick. <laughs> Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. All right, on the line we have the wonderful, fabulous Mr. Nick Fish from American Atheist. How are you this evening, sir? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's It's been a bit of a zoo here today. I have a bunch of dogs over here. There's yeah. there's my three dogs, and then Tracy's daughter brought her large shepherd mix over, and he's just... Hyper? Yeah. That's an understatement. 
So, <laughs> so, uh, when, so when you say zoo, you literally mean zoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, well, a zoo with like one kind of animal. Yeah, Noah fucked up. The two, if you include me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what is with this arc? Something is wrong. <laughs> so we brought you on here to to find out all about the wonderful and amazing things that are going on with American atheists these days. I hear there's something happening in April. Yeah, I, I'm hearing rumors about it. Absolutely. So uh, we have our national conference every year, Easter weekend. Uh, make sure to check out. There's a, a really fantastic website. Uh, we actually are announcing uh, the first slate of speakers tomorrow. So you're going to get a little bit of a sneak peek on that. Um, well, this when this goes up, they may have already been announced. So I apologize <laughs> for everyone in, in actual radio land. Um, so the website for that is uh, www.aacon2019.org, or you can just visit atheists.org and click the really large link on the front page. Uh, that'll get you there as well. Um, tickets are on sale, obviously. Um, if you are a local activist, uh, we have a really great uh, discount to help you get to the convention. It's 99 bucks. Uh, normally it's about 250, uh, but if you're a local person, uh, wanting to, uh, get out and meet the atheists in your community, it's $99. Uh, we also have a, uh, no excuse, no, uh, you know, no, no paperwork needed, uh, hardship price. So if you're on a fixed income or, um, somebody where the, the cost is just a little bit out of reach, um, that's also $99. So if you're coming in from halfway across the country and spending money on a flight in a hotel, uh, and it's just too much of a lift, um, to, to pay the, the full price, you can just pay 99 bucks and get in for the whole weekend. Uh, it is the cheapest national conference out there, uh, because we want to make sure that everybody who wants to attend can attend and they can, uh, have that really great social experience, but also learn a lot about activism, learn about what we're doing, and learn how they can uh, get to work in their communities. I think that's fantastic yeah. that you're offering yeah. those discounted tickets. That's, fan that's that's wonderful. I know that for a lot of people, it is a, a stumbling block. Yeah, you know, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't thank the people uh, who helped make that happen. We have uh, uh, some really fantastic donors that help us uh, offer those prices, uh, subsidizing that. We have uh, a really generous donor uh, who is supporting actually the awards dinner. So for the first time since I've been with American Atheists, so seven years now, uh, the awards dinner on Friday evening is free uh, for anybody who'd like to attend. Um, oh, and that's awesome. thanks to the generosity of Eddie Tabosh, uh, who is a longtime supporter of ours, uh, Platinum Life member of American Atheists, and also the chair of the board for the Center for Inquiry. Um, hmm. you know, so if anybody says that we don't get along in the atheist community. Uh, they don't know what we're, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, we get along really well uh, with our friends and allies uh, in the other organizations. Um, but also, you know, the other discount that we do is for students. Um, I think that if you attend any of the atheist community events throughout the country, one of the first things you notice is uh, the average age uh, tends to be uh, a little north of. Uh, prehistoric, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I, again, I, I don't, I don't want to besmirch the people who have been fighting the good fight for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, but the only way this movement in this community can continue is by having an injection of new blood, new ideas, uh, new views, new vision, um, and quite frankly, new people. And so we are um, really, really pleased to be able to offer a $50 Admission price for all students. So if you're a high school student, college student, whatever, uh, it's 50 bucks. Uh, and that's pretty hard to beat. That gets you everything, uh, that the full admission does, um, and gets you there and gets you plugged in with your community, gets you plugged in with a lot of really fantastic activists. Uh, because again, we're, this is about capacity building. 
This is about laying a groundwork for the work that we're going to need to do uh, over the course of the next two years, five years, ten years. Um, and again, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, the generosity of our supporters, uh, including Phil Ferguson, um, who has generously offered a matching grant. Uh, and I don't want to uh, necessarily plug a competing a competing podcast, but I'm oh going no, to. please do. We yeah. love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so awesome. F- Phil Ferguson uh, is. Uh, matching anybody who becomes a Patreon um, or a patron for his Patreon. I'm not quite sure the words there, but uh, <laughs> if you become a, if you join on Patreon to support his show, he's donating 100% of the proceeds of that and matching it to American Atheists uh, to get students to our conference. Okay. Um, and so this is going up later this week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we are offering travel grants for students. So you apply if you're bringing a group of people from your college group, your campus group. Uh, you'll go to our website. You'll apply for that, uh, and we will uh, potentially chip in some money to help you get there. But we'll pay for your hotel, or rather, Phil and his listeners are paying for your hotel. Um, so you can get in for fifty bucks and not have to worry about a hotel. Um, so you, if you can get yourself there, you're in, um, and you get to stay at the hotel. You get to hang out with everybody. Um, and you get to be a part of the whole event basically for free. Um, and that's thanks to people who, again, have the, the vision and the means, uh, to implement that vision, uh, to make sure this community stays vibrant, uh, well into the next decade. I think that's fantastic. You know, one of the criticisms of the atheist community at large is that we don't have a way to help people who are less fortunate because we don't, you know, we, we don't have, you know, centuries of requiring people to pay tithing yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. We have no central authority that collects all of that and can disperse it. So I think it's great that members of the community are stepping up to offer help like that and assistance for people who want to go, but, you know, f- that finances have been a stumbling yeah. block or roadblock for them in the past. So yeah. I just have one question on the uh, the prices. Is sure. there a special price if the government shuts down again for federal employees? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, listen, if, if you need that that fixed income price, Take it, man. That's what it's there for. <laughs> where, especially where if you're, is the uh, especially if you're a, uh, especially if you're a federal contractor, because I know that uh, for whatever reason the president doesn't seem keen on paying contractors. I feel like this dates back quite yeah. a time. But well, he never has. Yeah. No, well, you know, not not to put too yeah. fine a point on it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so it's this weird year, because it's, they they you know they want to privatize all these things and bring in contractors, and apparently it's so that if they shut the government down, they just know that they don't have to pay them. <laughs> yeah. Makes oh. makes it so easy, guys. <laughs> um, so uh, I think you just asked where it was. So we're in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, right across oh, okay. the river from Northern Kentucky. Uh, we're at the historic Hilton Netherland Plaza Hotel. Um, it is. This is something I didn't even know until I went and toured it. Uh, it is actually the basis of Thirty Rock. So Thirty Rock uh, oh, in New York oh. City, the Rockefeller Center. Um, it's a city within a city design. So the intention was that this complex would be. A hotel and offices and a, a shopping center and, and a gallery and a, a gym and all a fitness center and, and all this. Um, and over the years, they've obviously changed it and, and, you know, adjusted what's exactly what's in there. Um, but it's this just really gorgeous, uh, old school French, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Art, art deco, art deco, oh. Fre- <laughs> French art deco. There we go. Uh, uh, architecture that's just beautiful historic and you know his is a piece of american history and uh, i'll tell you the rates for the hotel room 
uh, the, the, the normal rate, uh, if you're trying to stay there just on any given day, uh, is like 225, 250 bucks. Uh, for us, it's 105. Um, so you are not going to get a better deal, uh, anywhere in the Cincinnati area, including across the river in Northern Kentucky. It's actually cheap. It's actually cheaper to stay at the conference hotel than it is to stay 20 miles away in Kentucky. Uh, so get your rooms. Uh, you can learn again more about the conference at aacon2019.org. And you need to get them fast. I know from personal experience that they are selling out quickly. Uh, when I reserved my room just last week, Wednesday is already full for uh, the, the the rooms. So I had yep. to pay regular price for the room Wednesday night. So yeah, and so we're we're coming up on about eighty five percent booked. Um, so we're almost there. Uh, and we typically have this is the last little rush here in the last two months where people buy everything. So uh, you'll want to get that quick if you haven't yet. Yes, for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I, I mentioned – I don't know if I mentioned at the start of where we're actually recording, but you <laughs> were previously on the show on episode way, way back, number 74, that was titled Nick Fish in the 800-pound oh, gorilla. gorilla Hole. And it didn't seem like it's been that long yeah. since you've been on the show. Um, well, I'm trying to remember, Dan. Was I, Why was I even out, out in – because I was, I was sitting in your house when we did yeah, that. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Right now, I'm sitting in New Jersey, obviously. Um but I was it was it after the convention? I think it was. And I, yeah, it was, I was after back the convention for something. You came, yeah, you came to Utah to talk to us about something. And <laughs> and I attended the event where you talked to us about that thing. Was it a Salt Lake event or was it a college event? It was a Salt Lake event. It was, it was a Salt Lake event. I think I was there for I, I was doing like an LGBT event conference where it was something about a bunch of faith leaders and they sort of invited us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to make sure because there there was some just right wing nutbag, you know, something with family freedom, you know, whatever the the standard adjectives that they put in their name that are the mm-hmm. Eagle Forum. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was taking place in Salt Lake City, and so the National LGBTQ Task Force said, the "World hey, Congress of Families." That's, that's what it was. That's, oh, yeah. uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh God, yeah that that gloriously named thing. Um, so that was going on, and I was there with an LGBT organization. Uh, having a sort of uh, faith leaders who aren't shitty. Am I allowed to say shitty? Um, Absolutely. Confab, yeah, confab. <laughs> and they said, you know what we need? Atheists. So, <laughs> so, and, and when I say atheists, I actually mean atheist. Uh, there, was, there was one of me in the room and that was about it. Every, everybody else was, was not. So I was sort of the, the uh, lonely voice of dissent on a few things. But that's all right. Uh, it's nice to be at the table. So. Um, but I, I remember I spoke to Atheists of Utah, and then we uh, had some beers and sat in your uh, sat in your studio, recorded, and uh, had a great time. Yeah. yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. And like I say, I just I'm I am still surprised that it has been that long since we've had you on the show. We we, we were so young back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we were so young and naive. Uh, you know? I, I didn't even have a mustache then. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, Dan had a Trump, bigger beard. I, I didn't even have gray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we were – I think we were talking about – this was like in the very beginning of the Democratic primary of tw- for 2016. I mean, this was this was like three and a half years ago, I think. Yeah, that yeah. was that was October of twenty fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. yeah. No votes yet. It was just the very beginning of everything. So yeah, uh, we're innocent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just 
<laughs> we probably all thought there's no way Donald Trump will win. Those were the days. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go back. And when I say love, uh, maybe that's not the right word, but uh, it would be interesting to go back and listen uh, to to our uh, crappy punditry about what was going to happen with Donald Trump. Uh, uh, oh, we had it all so wrong. We, oh, God. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> At least we can admit it. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, I never said that. What are you talking about? Burn the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just – I don't know. I think I think maybe I placed too much faith in humanity and <laughs> I've learned my lesson there. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else I I could have done or said that, that could have made it any better or would have made me less shocked when it all went down. I, I am very willing to admit that I very much underestimated the, the intelligence of – a vast swath of the American populace. Or you overestimated it? <laughs> or, or overestimated. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Because I remember saying, man, if he, if he gets nominated, uh, it's just going to be a clown show. And, you know, who knows? Like, there's no way he'll win. Nobody, nobody will vote for that, especially the Christian right, because he's a uh, thri- thrice married philanderer who yeah. doesn't know any single book of the Bible. And yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and has a hots for his own daughter. Yeah. yeah. Well, two that's two Corinthians walk stance. into a yeah, well, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so you were recently in Arizona. What were you out there for? That's why you weren't on the show a couple weeks ago. And then last week we had the State of the Union. That's right. And yep. Or no. So two weeks, weeks ago, ago was State of the, the Union. State of the Union. Last week yep. you were in Arizona. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so I was I was actually down in Arizona launching a campaign with our uh, partners at the Secular Coalition for Arizona. That's um, called the License Plate Hate uh, Campaign, um, where we uh, have recently exposed the fact that um, Arizona's In God We Trust license plate. So many states have these. License plates, right? That say like "In God Utah, We Trust." Well, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and so some states they make it. Um, and <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting. There are like two ways that this can go south very quickly. One of the ways is it's part of uh, Project Blitz, which I I can talk about later. But where they basically put "In God We Trust" on anything that moves, anything that doesn't move, anything owned by the government, anything operated by the government, they just plaster "In God We Trust" on everything. Um, so some states have done that: Florida, Indiana. Um, you know, some states you can't even get a plate that doesn't say in God we trust without paying a special amount of money. Um, so that's, wait, that's, wait, wait, you have to pay to not get in God right, we trust? Because the standard design is in God we oh. trust. And okay. so if you don't want in God we trust, you've got to buy, you know, the, the Packers plate or the, you know, uh, uh, st- student plate or the whatever plate. So um, that's that's one problem. Uh, but I'm going to put a pin in that and we're going to talk about <laughs> this other problem uh, that we found in Arizona. And so in Arizona, they have this just massive commemorative plate program where a bunch of nonprofits um, are getting money from specialty plates. And for most of them, it's pretty self-explanatory. And in fact, the Arizona Department of Transportation's website says specifically what's happening. So if you want a, you know, Arizona State license plate, as in Arizona State, the university, mm-hmm. um, that money that you pay, so you pay $25 extra for your specialty plate, $17 of that goes to support whatever group it is that your plate is supporting. Um, and so if it's, you're buying the Arizona State license plate, 
$17 of it goes to Arizona State University. If you buy, um, you know, an education plate, $17 of it goes to support the Arizona Department of Education fund. Like, you know, these things make sense. Um, an environmental group, uh, gets one about, you know, protecting our wildlife or protecting the, our, our wildlands. Uh, the Navajo Nation gets one for the Navajo Nation and so on. Well, there's one that is, um, that says just in God we trust. And the, the, the way that it's stated on the Arizona Department of Transportation's website is that it, the $17 goes to support, um, our national motto, defending religious freedom and the heritage of Arizona and our nation. That's all oh. it says. So it doesn't say, it, does our national motto to, have, have mortgage that it needs to pay? <laughs> I, I right. Seriously. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't say exactly who it's going to. And in fact, not only does it not uh, specifically say it on the website, the people at ADOT don't even know. So we called ADOT. We said, okay, like, where's this going? I mean, it's a commemorative plate. It says it's going somewhere. Where's it going? They didn't know. So we escalated to to know. You would think you would. I mean, they're writing the check to somebody. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is we had to go in and say, okay, get us to the Department of Treasury. Uh, so that we can try to figure out who the hell is getting this check. And so we, we actually asked the, the fastest way to do it was we asked a member of the Arizona State Senate, Senator Juan Mendez, uh, who is an open atheist. And we said, Senator, can you just track this down for us? Because we're getting nowhere. And, you know, the open records request is going to take however long. Can you just check on this for us? And so he, he checked and the, the check is being made out to the Alliance Defense Fund. Which, for students of history, know is the former name of Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm-hmm. Alliance Defending Freedom is probably the best or the most well-known, uh, the most um, their reputation precedes them uh, in <laughs> uh, church-state separation arguments, but most specifically in quote-unquote religious freedom litigation. So they are the people who. Um, created the novel idea that religion gets you out of anything. Um, and by anything, I mean serving gay people and providing healthcare for women. Um, so they are the ones who, um, back in the Lawrence v. Texas days advocated for criminalization of sodomy. Uh, these are the people who fought against, uh, recognizing marriage equality. These are the folks who have, uh, been fighting tooth and nail to exclude uh, LGBTQ kids from anti-bullying rules. Uh, these are the people that support torturing children with um, conversion therapy. These are people who are working internationally to criminalize um, sodomy once again. Uh, and these are the people who uh, have fought in at the Supreme Court and won on the Hobby Lobby case, on the uh, uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop case, and now on the Brush and Nib case. I think is what it's called, the uh, calligraphers in Arizona who are challenging Phoenix's anti-discrimination ordinance preemptively. Um, they're the ones making the argument that um, for some reason, same-sex marriage is different than any other sort of um, civil rights law, um, that that you can treat um, LGBT people differently um, because Jesus. Um, and, and that's it. That, that's the sum of their argument mm-hmm. is that for some reason – uh, this is different. This is special. Um, and they are, um, recognized, you know, people are sort of giving us, uh, crap for, for pointing to the Southern Poverty Law Center's designation of them as a hate group. Um, we're not just standing by the SPLC's designation. Um, 
you look at the things they've advocated and their definition as a hate group ought to be self-evident yeah. mm-hmm. uh, based, based on the things that they've said, the things that they've done, and the things that they've advocated for. Um, but this is a group that has now received a million dollars uh, from Arizona drivers with zero transparency, uh, with zero disclosure. Nobody knows that this is where it's going. Um, and in fact, uh, one gentleman who spoke at the press conference we had down there, uh, his father had the plate. And this is a guy who is a who is religious um, and who is marrying his husband in a few months and has a good relationship with his father. And his father found out that uh, this license plate that he's had, because, you know, he supports and God we trust and, you know, whatever, um, is supporting a group that's trying to take away his rights. And that's that's what this is about. This is about a group that is operating in the shadows and has a $50 million annual budget to support hate and to support tearing families apart, ensuring that you know, um, LGBT kids can be subjected to literal torture to try to pray the gay away. Um, that's, you know, that's what this money is going to fund. Uh, and it's a million dollars, uh, in one state. And we don't, we're working on figuring out exactly how widespread this is. Um, but it's, it's operating entirely in the shadows. Yeah. They should be able to make it very evident because I have firefighter plates on my car. When I go to renew my car, I see the little thing that says, you know, $25 to the National Firefighter Association. Right, right. And so they, people and that, should have on their That saying, is not disclosed. Yep. <laughs> says, it says it nowhere on Arizona's uh, website. Uh, the staff don't know. Nobody knows. And so we put up three billboards uh, in Phoenix. Um, we got Senator Mendez to introduce a bill um, requiring that ADOT disclose exactly where this money is going for every single license plate and also a bill repealing uh, the in God we trust plate. And, you know, we've actually had faith, le- we had faith leaders on our side on this. Um, it's important to remember that this is not like atheists versus religion. Um, this is reasonable faith leaders who understand what real religious freedom looks like. Um, and it isn't the, the, the poison that ADF pushes. Um, and that we, we need re- to maintain a strict separation between religion and government and, and have a strictly yeah. secular government. Right. That, and, and this shows exactly the reason why. Because we have people of faith who were standing shoulder to shoulder with us opposing uh, the work that ADF does and saying that this is not okay, that a million dollars of, of Arizona taxpayer money has gone to fund these people. Um, it's not okay that they're weaponizing religion in this way uh, because they don't speak for, for all religious people. And I think that's that's what's most important for us to um, to celebrate when we're building coalitions around fighting back on these issues is that there are religious people who agree with us. Um, and this isn't an atheist versus Christians issue. This is a religious extremist issue versus everybody else. ADF is not the majority. They're just really loud. Um, and unfortunately, they have a lot of their supporters now in the federal judiciary, um, which is unfortunately why they tend to win a bunch of court cases, not because well, they're right. But because they have stacked the deck and rigged the game. Yeah, and they must obviously have somebody high up in local office there to allow them to be able to shove this through without anybody knowing what's happening. Yeah. And so the funny thing about that is uh, the In God We Trust plate was created, but then it wasn't – the money wasn't directed to anyone for years until there was a floor amendment in a totally unrelated thing basically saying, okay – the first nonprofit group that donates $32,000, I think it was, to set up this plate gets the revenue in perpetuity. And golly, isn't that weird that ADF was right there with the check ready to go 
right when it <laughs> yeah. happened. And the person that introduced that floor amendment has actually been represented on multiple occasions by guess who? Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm. And so we put up this billboard. Um, it says, you know, is your license plate funding hate? Learn more at licenseplatehate.org. And it has a picture of the In God We Trust license plate uh, that says ADFH8. Um, but we've got a website up with tons of resources about exactly what ADF stands for, uh, quoting their own words. This isn't just us, you know, uh, painting them uh, with too wide of a brush. They are proud of the positions they take, uh, but they are very aggrieved that we called them a hate group. Um, the, the, <laughs> these poor, poor defenders of religious freedom um, have, are, are very, very upset uh, that they've been unjustly painted by the angry atheists. We're, we're trying to stifle free speech. Uh, is what they're saying, uh, which is just hilarious. Um, yeah. because these are people who, you know, wake up every single day, um, ready to weaponize religion, um, to make sure that Christian supremacy is cemented in our laws and that women, uh, can't access reproductive health care and that LGBT people can't access public services. Um, I mean, these are, these are people who think that, um, I should be able to be fired from my job because I'm gay. These are people who think that I shouldn't be able to adopt children. These are people who think that my parents shouldn't have been able to adopt me because they were the wrong kinds of Christians. Yeah. Um, you know, th this is personal for me. I'm an, I'm an adopted child. And this is about, uh, this, this group stands by the notion that your tax dollars, our tax dollars should go to organizations that don't just discriminate against LGBT people. They don't just discriminate against, you know, trans people. They discriminate against people who are not just not Christian, but the wrong kind of Christian. Yeah. Um, th this happened in South Carolina two or three weeks ago, um, where the Trump administration granted a waiver to Health and Human Services Department guidelines saying that um, adoption and foster care agencies that receive federal money can't discriminate. They granted a waiver. Yep. They granted a waiver. And now um, our friends at Americans United are actually suing. Uh, representing the woman who tried to apply not to foster a child, mind you, but to be a mentor, just to be a mentor for, for, for young people. Um, this is a woman who's fostered dozens and dozens of children. Um, she's fostered children with special needs and she wanted her family to be able to give back in her local community to the largest foster and adoption agency in the community that is federally funded. And it happens to be a faith-based, um, agency. They turned her away, not because she was, you know, a same sex, uh, in a same sex relationship, not because she was an atheist, but because she was Catholic. Oh, That's oh, what wow. this is about. This is, this is using religion as a weapon. Um, and it's, it's outrageous. Um, and, and these people need to be confronted at every single step of the way. Um, and need to be called out every time we see them and need to be fought back against with everything we have because it's, um, it, it's an, a, a total corruption of the First Amendment. And of religious freedom. Now, along those lines, have, have uh, Jeff or Allison reviewed all of this? I mean, are there any pending lawsuits about this? I can't imagine that this is strictly legal for them to be giving government funds to a religious organization. It is now. Yeah. And, and so the problem with it is because people are affirmatively opting in. It's not like they're just designating money. Um, the, you have a choice with what plate you want to get. And because of that, it is constitutional. Um, you could, if they, it would be perfectly acceptable, for example, to say, to have a, you know, a world vision license plate. If world vision could pass 
the you know could get somebody to pa- introduce the bill creating allowing uh, for the creation of the of the plate and then would give the 31 or 32,000 dollars they could get that and if people wanted to buy it i mean we could do it we could put up uh, a design mm-hmm. if we could get someone to introduce the bill to say uh e pluribus unum we could the do reason that reason we trust <laughs> and, yeah, yeah exactly we could do that um but alliance defending freedom is not a church they are a 501c3 they file their taxes just like the rest of us um, they just happen to be a, um, giant dumpster fire of religious privilege. Um, and there's nothing illegal about that. Um, but how, how so, are you, how are they affirmatively, uh, signing on to this if, if they don't even know that where this money is going? Right. And that's the problem. And so that's the avenue that we're, we're trying to take. And so that's why right. Senator Mendez introduced those two bills. Uh, the one that's, you know, about transparency. I, I mean, we would think, we would hope that everyone would be open to, um, yeah. but ADF is, you know, sort of painting that as an attack as well. And here's the thing that, you know, I'm probably not the best messenger for this, but this is a point that some of our faith allies raised uh, on the ground. This is a corruption of In God We Trust, because there are people out there who view In God We Trust as a positive mes- message, and we can disagree about that, and that's fine, uh, but they view it as a positive message that's a sign of their faith, and and that's why they got the plate. And they had no idea that this was going to this group. And if this is, as our opponents often say, uh, this national motto actually includes everybody. If, if it's not meant as a religious, uh, motto, but it's, it's rather ceremonial only. And it's, you know, it's about unity and blah, 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 blah. If that's the truth, why is our national motto a plate that celebrates our national motto? Why is that going to one particular religious group? Or to yeah. one particular group at all. Why isn't it going to the state highways fund or to the state education fund or whatever? Um, uh, or, to, that, or to help the it, homeless like the church should be doing. Something that, that is accessible to everyone rather yeah. than to a group that literally is attacking millions and millions of people all over this country. Um, I mean, we're not just tacitly saying uh, this motto doesn't include you. We're explicitly saying it because this money yeah. is going to support this group that's taking away your rights. Um, and that's, that's outrageous. And so the, the, the faith leaders and, and actually people on the ground who I talked to who, um, had nothing to do with the Secular Coalition for Arizona. Uh, it's actually people I, I met in, uh, the hotel bar, uh, when I was getting a, when I was getting a sandwich, uh, and somebody I met when I was taking a tour of a, of a venue down there. Um, they said, Oh, I looked you up and I saw the plate thing. I had no idea. You know, I'm not even an atheist. That's, but that's outrageous. And so, you know, mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing that, uh, you know, when, when they slink around like this in the shadows and, and, you know, play fast and loose with things, uh, it gets people upset and rightfully so. Um, but it, it, more importantly, and for people who are not us, right? For people who are, um, who are religious, um, you know, we have to remember that, you know, three quarters of Americans are in fact religious. Um, for those people, that's why this is so outrageous, should be so outrageous to them, that this is a, a, a corruption of things that's, that are supposed to be near and dear to their heart. Um, and, and it's an, exp- it, it's using, um, supposedly their values as an attack. And I, most people are not okay with that. Yeah, I can't, I, well, and you would think that if they were, if they knew that everybody would be fine with it, right, that nobody would have a problem with it, nobody would have any issue with it, they, you would think that they would be much more open about where this money is going and and be proud to have their name next to that plate when people go and purchase it. 
but they, you think. Uh, but they know that that that's not the case. Right. They know right. that they have to be in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. I'm I'm really glad you guys are looking into that. Um, what other major initiatives have you got going on? Well, uh, where to start, Dan? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's coming out uh, that we're going to be announcing and, and really leaning into after or during the convention and actually starting is um, a really big data collection process or pro- a project. Um, one of the things that um, people don't really understand about uh, the way that you have to do advocacy around the country is you have to have a starting point to sort of know where uh, know where you're starting and, and then know where you're going and evaluate your success. Um, so to start with that, last year um, or during the summer, we released our first State of the Secular States report. Um, it is a massive uh, 125, 150-page report um, that lays out uh, exactly the state of the law in all 50 states on more than 30 key policy areas. So things ranging from religious exemptions and civil rights laws to uh, constitutional bans on atheists holding office, even though they're not enforceable, to constitutional protections of uh, church-state separation, so no-aid clauses, constitutional no-aid clauses, uh, state-level Religious Freedom Restoration Acts, state-level uh, policies that ban people from uh, discriminating in adoption and foster care, um, so on and so forth. I mean, it, it's it's a lot. Um, so we released that last summer um, so that we have a starting place for uh, the work that we're doing in the states. So that's number one. Uh, the next re- version of that report will come out this year. It will be an annual report so we can track exactly um, how things are progressing in the states, um, how, you know, how many threats are being put forward, but also how much progress we're making uh, and, you know, how many good bills are being introduced, how many good bills are passing, how many people uh, we're actually impacting in the work that we do. Um, so that's that's just on a policy level. Um, the data collection process that we're starting uh, will we'll, uh, be announced in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, we, we're going to send it out to everybody who's attending the convention um, where we're going to be doing – we're starting with focus groups. Um, so we're going to recruit um, about 100 people, maybe 120 uh, people to participate in some narrow focus groups around uh, their experiences as atheists. So, um, you know, where were you born and raised? Uh, what sort of experience did you have becoming an atheist? Uh, you know, what was your family like? What religion were you affiliated with previously? Uh, were you raised an atheist? Um, to learn a little bit more about our community um, so that we can better meet the needs of the people that we're serving. After we do that, we're kicking off the largest collection of uh, rigorous, uh, scientifically valid data um, that's ever been done for our community. Um, one of the unfortunate things about serving our community is nobody really knows a lot about us. Um, the Pew Forum, you know, surveys non-religious people as part of their broader uh, religious survey, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't really dig in on the needs and the specific challenges of being an atheist in America. And so that's what we want to look at. Um, that's well, what we want to do. Whatever they report their findings on faith in the United States, it's, it doesn't even say, you know, these are the atheists. It's, it's more, there's all of these different types of religion. And then these people right. claim no affiliation other. <laughs> or are <laughs> right. other yeah. or non-religious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that's, you know, that's something we want to try to rectify. And um, one of the the important 
considerations here is this this isn't just, you know, for us to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, wow, it's really great that we have this. Um, it's it's more than that. It's about being effective in advocacy. Um, it's about uh, getting access to grant funding. Um, this is an, a huge untapped resource uh, for this community that we've basically not tapped into at all. Um, most of the time, if you're applying for the, I think it's, it's something like tens of billions of dollars um, in private grant money, you have to have data to back up what you're doing. Um, you have to have data to back up where you're starting from, uh, whether what you're doing works, all that. And we have nothing. We don't have any of that data. And so this is why it's really important for us to have a, a firm starting point um, as we move into the next five years, right? We need to know where we're coming from and know that what we've done has actually made a difference. Um, we also need to know that what we're doing actually serves the community that we're claiming to serve or that we want to serve. And lastly, we also need to know um, why certain people aren't part of the community yet and what we can do to uh, provide support for them to encourage them to become part of the community. So there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, but suffice to say, this is something we're really excited about. Um, it's something that um, Allison uh, Gill, our vice president for legal and policy, uh, has experience doing. Uh, she launched the largest data collection um, program for uh, trans people when during when she was working at the uh, the human rights campaign, I believe it was, um, that basically formed the foundation of all the advocacy work the human rights campaign has done on trans issues uh, since her time there. Um, so this is something that we're extremely excited about and will pay dividends for years to come. The, the the struggle with it is it's not you know it's not sexy right people don't look at this and go ah yeah data hot you know they <laughs> they they like lawsuits and they like billboards and that's fine and we're going to keep doing those things um, but we do, we need to lay the groundwork for capacity building so that we can continue doing what we've been doing for fifty five years for another fifty five years um, you know we're a community who claims to care a lot about data and reason and science. Um, so we should stop doing things based on intuition uh, and based on what feels good and instead look at the data and um, make sure we're calibrating our work uh, using that data. Right. As, well, as, a, as a data guy myself, I'm, yeah, I'm like super uh, enthused by the idea, by that idea. And I, I love the one thing you said. I love the idea of trying to figure out why more uh, secular atheists, uh, non-believers are not involved in the mm -hmm. community more. Right. Uh, that's, that's been a recurring issue at, even down here at the local level, uh, trying to figure out how to get them involved, how to get them interested in, in yeah. being involved. More. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just interest as well. It's, it's like what, what things are churches providing that we, that we're not that are right. keeping people in the pews. Right. And, and this is, you know, any, any sociologist who looks at these things will say, yeah, it's not just the dogma. Obviously it's all the other things that, uh, religion provides or the churches provide, um, that, you know, we need to do a better job of. And so, um, it's not just gathering the data, but it's also uh, from, uh, for us, um, supporting local groups who are providing that type of support structure, uh, for people in their communities, um, and, and giving them resources and empowering those local groups, uh, in, in not in a top down way, but in a, um, you know, a, a collaborative and supportive way, um, to make sure that we're giving them resources to, uh, point, point themselves in the direction they want to go. 
So if they want to, you know, weigh in on whatever issue, we're not telling them, no, 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 don't talk about that. We're saying, great, here are the tools to do that. Here's the process. Here's potentially who to contact. Go for it. You know, meet, meet your community where they are, but also look to where you want your community to be and go there and, and find those people and, and reach out to them and, and build bridges and build collaboration with partners in your area on issues you care about. Yeah, well, and it's hard to effectively communicate with and address the specific issues within your community if you don't even know, you know, necessarily who that community is or what their interests are and and how they came to be a part of that community. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 It's, it's something I'm really excited about. And, you know, I, like I, like you just said, you know, as, as data people, uh, (laughs) this is something, you know, the joke is, that uh, anic- the plural of anecdote is not data, except for sufficiently large values of anecdote, um, <laughs> and, and we simply don't have that yet. And so we need we need to we need to be better about it. Um, the other thing, you know, just again to circle back to advocacy, um, it's one thing to go into the halls of Congress and say, ah, we have you know two hundred fifty thousand people, uh, you know two hundred fifty thousand advocates who've you know engaged with us. You know, we represent X number of constituents. Um, it's another to walk into a state legislator's office and say, you know, state Senator Jones, we have 87 people in your legislative district. And in fact, they're all standing outside right now and would like to talk to you. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's an important way for us to be able to affect state policy. Um, because let's face it, not a lot is actually happening at the federal level right now. I mean, I don't want to minimize the work that our, that we're doing and that our allies are doing at the federal level. But a lot of the worst things and some of the better things that are happening right now in policymaking are happening at the state level. And we can't, uh, we can't be involved in that process if we can't, number one, activate local advocates to go talk to their people, um, in these state houses. But more to the point for this data collection process, if we can look to them and say, your district has this many atheists in it and this bill will help them, hurt them, you know, denigrate them, whatever. If we can point to that and say, you know, this is how many constituents you're alienating. Um, and you know, you're doing that at your own peril because we have this many, we have this, this much, uh, strength in numbers. We have this many people who are voting. Uh, and we have this many people who are advocates in our system in your district. Um, you're, you're, you're really at risk here if you move forward with this. Um, if we can point to those numbers, we can actually make a difference um, at the state level where, again, these crazy bills will sometimes slip through without even a discussion, uh, just like this Alliance Defending Freedom and God We Trust bill. It was a floor amendment added at the last moment with zero, zero debate, zero disclosure. Um, and if we can push back on that and say, all right, this is exactly who you're hurting with this sort of thing, uh, we can actually make a difference in in people's lives. Um, rather than the sort of morass that's happening at the federal level. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You know, I think I'm going to do some new material tonight. How do you guys feel about that? I just have to say, I don't get these idiots who don't understand the concept of consent. They're like, I have to ask if she wants a dick in her? Wait, what? That's going to totally throw off my momentum. 
You ask questions all goddamn day. You go to McDonald's, you say, hi, uh, I don't want pickles on my burger. Can I make sure that there are no pickles on my burger? It shouldn't be daunting to say to a woman, hey, can I put my pickle in your burger? <laughs> Women love questions, right? They love them. I, I get off on questions. Can I take you to dinner? Ugh, you know? Do you want to meet my parents? Yes. You know, can I fuck you? Oh, now you can. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. I want to circle back. You you, you mentioned Project Blitz earlier and said we, we'll come back to that. What yep. What is Project Blitz? <laughs> so I've got a website for you. We've got websites abound, Dan. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, and you, I know uh, all go, of this. I'm just, I, I just, yeah. I, I, well, because I'm on the calls and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but, but I want to make sure you that everybody else is more aware yeah. of this you, also. You, you read your emails that we send out. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Dan wants you to make sure that he knows he pays attention. <laughs> yeah, this is, and what is that again, Nick? Uh, yeah, okay, so <laughs> Project Blitz um, is, you know, we're, I'm sort of joking here a little bit, but Project Blitz is, I think, um, it's safe to say, one of the most dangerous uh, attacks on religious freedom, on equality, and on the separation of church and state uh, that we've ever seen. Um, I, I'm not overstating it when I put it put it in that stark of terms. Uh, project Blitz is what they have called their own project, what they have called their campaign. Uh, they being the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Um, if you're doing branding, um, I feel like calling it Project Blitz is a little bit on the nose. Um, it's like, oh, we want it to sound scary. <laughs> like ah, Project Blitz. Perfect. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but literally their goal is to advocate for, push for, introduce so many bills that privilege religion and that, uh, undermine church state separation and undermine religious freedom, um, that we can't fight all of them. They say that explicitly in their policy guide. Uh, that they should, that people should introduce as many of these bills as possible because, uh, it will be like whack-a-mole and you can't possibly stop all of them. That is their, those are their words. Oh, wow. That some of it's going to get through because they can't, they so can't possibly track everything we're yeah. going to be doing. That's exactly yeah, I mean, it. it's, it's the Trump effect. It's, I mean, it's the same thing Trump does. I mean, he just inundates yep. you with, you, with you all flood, this flood stuff the channel. That yep. You can't even, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's and that's exactly what it is. And so, um, the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation, um, you know, it sounds innocent enough. You know, people hear about the Prayer Caucus and they think, oh, it's a bipartisan group of legislators. They get together and pray, I guess. Um, and that's you know that's how they sell it. But in fact, what it is is a group of Christian nationalists um, who push this idea that um Christianity and and their version of Christianity is destined to rule this nation um that they occupy a place of privilege um that you know they are they are the ones who should be ruling the country uh that's that's their view um and these are people who uh, you know espouse a totally ahistoric narrative about the founding of our nation um they in many ways uh, or in many occasions, uh, there's a lot of overlap with dominionism. Um, dominionism, if you're not familiar, is again, the idea that Christians should hold dominion over the earth and over our secular institutions. 
Um, and in, in some cases, uh, they're really closely aligned with, uh, certain segments of, um, like Jewish extremists who, uh, try to, this is literally the case, by the way. I'm not making this up. They want to get as many Jews back into Israel as possible to bring about Armageddon. Ugh. Seriously. Like, Jesus th- can't these- get here until they're all there. <laughs> That's exactly it. And, and these are the people who are advocating for these laws. And so the laws that they're pushing, there are sort of three, um, tracks of things. Um, they start with stuff that appears mostly symbolic. So these are the in God we trust license plates. These are the, um, in God we trust in public schools. These are, it's, it's, it's mostly just slapping in God we trust on everything. Um, things that they can sort of write off as purely symbolic. It's about the national motto. Why do you hate the national motto? Um, that, and that's how they, they start. So they, they go after this low hanging fruit, um, that they view as easy. Um, and if anybody complains about it, um, they engage in what we call faith baiting, um, where they, uh, will attack people who oppose these laws as unchristian or as hating religious freedom or hating the heritage of our nation. And this actually happened in, um, Minnesota with a state senator, um, state senator John Marty, uh, who is actually the son of a minister, the grandson of a minister, the brother of a minister, the father of a minister, um, who didn't want schools to, uh, put up in God we trust because mm-hmm. he thought it was, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous and it makes, um, non-religious students feel like second class citizens. Well, and he said, you know, it, yeah, exactly. And it, it cheapens people who actually, you know, have uh, an honest view of, their religious beliefs, um, and, and don't want it plastered on every flat surface owned by the government. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't do this. Well, they went on Breitbart and Fox News and Infowars and all of those. All the classy uh, sites. Yeah, exactly. All the highly accurate, uh, highly, uh, non-editorialized straight down the middle sites. Yeah. And attacked him as, you know, anti-religion, anti-Christian. Um, and that's what they do. They, they use this as a wedge issue. And again, their legislative guide explicitly says, use this as a wedge issue against lawmakers who disagree. And so that's, you know, that's pretty gross on its face. Um, secondly, uh, the next phase, uh, and these are slightly, uh, heavier lifts, but not difficult are bills that, um, amplify or increase this notion that America is a Christian nation. So they will, uh, they'll be mostly symbolic, uh, but there'll be things like the year of the Bible, um, mm. Christian heritage month, uh, things like that, that, uh, you know, are more explicitly Christian and push a false narrative about the founding of the nation, um, more so than just religion in general, like in God we trust. Um, but they push this very specific agenda. Uh, things like, um, National, uh, Religious Freedom Day, uh, they put out, uh, which, by the way, is, uh, a commemoration of the Virginia Statute of Religious, on Religious Freedom, um, which they totally ignore in their crazy fever dream version of things and talk more about how people shouldn't be forced to do anything that conflicts with their religion, which is not, <laughs> which is not what the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom said. Um, but so they, they put forward these just totally ahistoric, Pieces of uh, legislation or bills or, or resolutions or whatever. Pieces of something. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and advocate for those. So that's phase two. Phase three is where things get really dangerous. And these are the bills that um, attack uh, civil rights protections primarily for LGBTQ people. Um, so these are bills that 
um, you know, ensure that people can uh, torture their children with conversion therapy. Um, these are bills that say that you can use tax dollars to discriminate against LGBT people uh, in uh, foster care and adoption. Um, and, and it's not just, by the way, discrimination against potential parents. It's discrimination against potential children. So they can use the ta- our tax dollars to tell LGBTQ youth, who, by the way, experience homelessness at, uh, I believe it's a four times higher rate than non-LGBTQ young people. I, you can mm-hmm. fact check me on that. I don't, I don't know yeah, what the exact I believe number that's is. Yeah. It's something in that order of magnitude, though. Um, they can just turn them away or they can say, well, we'll put you in foster care, but it's going to be in a, with a family that believes in conversion therapy. Um, or whatever. So in order to get off the streets, you're going to have to be tortured by somebody who, you know, is going to use electroshock therapy to try to straighten you out. Um, I mean, this, this, we're we're not making this up. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's laws like that. It's laws that, um, you know, ban trans people from using bathrooms. It's laws that, um, uh, exempt, um, uh, basically create licenses to discriminate or licenses to bully that say, you know, you can't uh, discipline a, a somebody in a public school uh, as long as they're bullying the LGBTQ kid uh, as a result of their own uh, deeply held religious beliefs. That's totally fine. Uh, you're, you're good to go with bullying there. Um, you know, things like teaching the Bible in public schools and so on. Um, so these are like the really, really dangerous laws yeah. that that literally cost people their lives. Um, and that's phase three. And so this is designed to sort of snowball, um, to start with the easy stuff and build to the stuff that, that is really, really dangerous. And it's, it's working. Um, in just the last year, um, we've had, I think it was three, two or three states pass, um, foster care discrimination laws. Um, we, we had again the, the issue in South Carolina where they granted the exemption. Um, in 2017, uh, I think it was South Dakota, Texas, um, passed this law. 2018, it was, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, and South Carolina. And these keep getting introduced. Um, we're monitoring bills all across the nation and we've seen dozens of these bills introduced and they're word for word exactly from the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. This is a, again, coordinated, concerted campaign to stick this country with Christian nationalism and to create licenses to discriminate in every single area of law um, under the guise of religious freedom. And, and this is not religious freedom. This is so, Christian so supremacy. Do you, do you combat this by exposing the broader initiative or by mobilizing ground troops at the local level to, yeah. uh, to fight each of these uh, individual laws individually? I mean, yeah, how, how do question. you fight against this blitz? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. And so we, we're starting the, – the, the point of Blitz Watch is to shine a light on this. Uh, we're working in coalition with people like Freedom From Religion Foundation who you know, uh, are, are great allies on a great num- number of these sorts of fights. Uh, but also PFLAG, the uh, Interfaith Alliance, the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, like groups that you know are on the religious side of things that are looking at what's going on and saying – Whoa, this is just a total corruption of religious freedom. This is not okay. Um, and so shining a light on it, getting politicians to talk about it, um, getting the news to talk about it, uh, getting local journalists every time one of these bills is introduced to say, ah, this is part of a really big campaign. This is not some grassroots thing coming up from, you know, enterprising state legislators. This is a group that has millions and millions of dollars in funding 
um, that is pushing this stuff nationwide. I'm sure, you know, a lot of us have heard of ALEC, the American Legislative mm-hmm. Exchange oh, yeah. Yeah. Council. Oh, yeah. Council, is that right? Um, yeah. that, that is part of the Koch brothers network. This is exactly the same thing, except for religious privilege. Um, they are putting out, uh, model policy guides that contain dozens of these bills that people can copy and paste and drop into their state legislature with no effort. Um, and, you know, there you go. That's all you got to do. And in some cases, they're passing. Um, you know, these in God we trust display laws in public schools are passing all over the country. Um, they're using school shootings to get them passed. They're saying that we've got to pass this because otherwise, I don't know, Jesus yeah. isn't going to protect our, <laughs> our children from guns. It um, doesn't seem well, to help, you know, with church shootings. So, yeah, it's, I, it's weird. It's almost like they don't actually think about these positions. But, yeah. um, but, but I also <laughs> wonder, I, I just want to chime in with this real quick. Uh, because this makes me think of the bill that's trying to be passed here in Utah, the anti-discrimination bill, but it's been having one sticking point. Can you can you guess what that sticking point is? Uh, I'm guessing that it has something to do with religious exemptions for no, no. discrimination. Well, not that. Well, the sticking point is <laughs> is that the anti-discrimination bill also includes the LGBTQ community. That they won't yeah. be able to discriminate that against them. That they won't them. be able to – that they're and included. everybody's like, well, I don't know. I'd really like to I discriminate mean, against them still. <laughs> religion is in it, of course. Yeah. There's no right, problem with right, religion being in it. But, hey, why are the LGBT what's, – what's, what are they doing? They're not a protected class. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to be a part of this anti-discrimination bill. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so there are sort of two ways that they go about this is they'll pass something that either – that sometimes does include the LGBT community. But then what they do is they immediately gut the bill by saying, oh, but uh, if you have a sincerely held religious belief, uh, then, you know, you're exempt from this bill. I hate And so then phrase. you end up with issues like the tax preparer. Um, so, you know, they started with weddings, right? It's not about the cake. It's not about any of the wedding stuff. Uh, that was just, you know, a red herring. What this is about is denying LGBT people and anyone who doesn't conform to their narrow religious dogma, access to public services. Yeah. And so what we just saw is an example of the next step, which is a tax preparation person who said, oh, you're filing jointly as a married couple. Well, um, I don't believe in your marriage, so I'm not going to do your taxes. And I I really want to know if the people who are saying that well, that's ju- that's the free market, you know. That's that's what it, you know. We, we the government shouldn't be doing, uh, shouldn't be passing any discrimination ordinances. Uh, number one, I want to say, well, welcome to the real world where these ordinances already exist and where these laws already exist. Yeah. Number two, I want to say, are you okay with that? It, like, there are people who like to quibble about the weddings and oh, are they an artist or whatever? Um, is a tax preparation person an artist? Because that's the argument that some of these people made is, oh, this is compelled speech. I'm really genuinely curious if Alliance Defending Freedom thinks that this tax preparation company, this family mom and pop, if you can be a mom and pop tax preparer, whatever, <laughs> um, if if they're okay with these people discriminating against LGBT, a, a same-sex couple. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sure they I'm, are. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> sure they are too. But I'm curious how they're going to defend it because it started yeah. with – um, it started with, oh, it's weddings and weddings are somehow different. Um, and they, and they never really grapple with, okay, are you okay with, uh, someone not baking a cake for, uh, an interracial couple? Are yeah. you okay people with people not baking a cake for, for a second you know, marriage? A, a, 
second marriage or for a Jewish couple yeah. um, or whatever. Like they, they just sort of hand wave over that. But now it's a different thing. It's not wedding cakes. It's taxes. And, and I'm, it's I'm renting apartments. Curious. And it's yeah, and yeah. exactly. And that's 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 the next step. Oh, is and, and in many cases, right? In in many cases, it's not even the next step. It's the reality that people are living in, where you can be fired tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, in this in this country, for working uh, in a state that doesn't have protections for uh, sexual orientation or gender identity, you can be fired tomorrow um, for getting married. Uh, and not just at a, you know, at a, at a Catholic church or whatever, or at a Catholic school, but, you know, at the hardware store yeah. or at Taco Bell or whatever. And you can be fired in, in more than half of this country. Um, and that's, that's, that takes a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not surprised, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, doesn't take us by surprise. Yeah, I'm not surprised yeah. that they're using all of this subterfuge and and hiding in the shadows and all of this backroom play to try to get this done. I am very concerned about it, though. I think it's great that yeah. that you guys are keeping an eye on it for sure. Yeah, and this is again, this is the sort of thing that we have to build a big coalition around um, because it it is it, it's central to so many overlapping areas of concern. Um, and if we can connect the dots and say, you know, these license plate laws and these school in God we trust display laws, these are connected to these attempts to take away the rights of LGBT people. If we can show up and be good allies for our friends and allies in the LGBT community, then they're going to show up for us as well. Because if we can demonstrate that these things are all part of one thing, uh, you can't pick and choose how you're going to fight against it. Um, the threat to our rights is so broad-based that our response has to be as well. So we have to be willing to bring in um, people from outside the atheist community to fight back against these things and sometimes let them lead uh, when the issue more directly impacts them. Um, and so that's something that you know American Atheists is really um, taking a lead on right now is bringing together those coalitions on issues like uh, LGBT rights and uh, religiously justified LGBTQ discrimination, religiously justified attacks on public education, uh, religiously justified attacks on um, you know climate science, on science education, on sex ed, on access to reproductive health care, so on. These are all atheist issues. These are all issues that our community tells us they care about. Uh, and so we have to be good allies, we have to be good partners, and we have to give resources to our local groups to fight the fight. And that's that's what they're doing. So, so you're you're looking at things that you know the bigger picture and kind of looking at things nationally and and all that. What can we, like individual atheists at the ground level? I mean, what can we do to help? So, the the most important thing you can do is get involved with number one, a local group uh, of atheists, or get involved with an issue that you care very passionately about, and get involved as an atheist. So get your atheist friends, get everybody together and say, you know what? We all care about uh, – I'm going to just pick something here. We all care about the March for Our Lives. We all care about gun violence. Um, that's not a traditional sort of atheist issue. I don't, I don't think anybody would look at that and go, that's a church-state separation issue. Um, but could you imagine 20 years ago, heck, even 10 years ago, national-level politicians coming out and saying, I don't want your thoughts and prayers? I mean, just think about the sea change that we've seen in the last – 20, 10, five years on that, um, especially after Parkland. 
uh, with people saying, I don't want your thoughts and prayers. I want you to actually do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can do something. We can show up for this. We can be visible and say, you know what? Hey, I'm here from Atheists of Utah. Um, we have a bunch of people who want to help. What can we do? What can we do for you? And be there, be good allies, you know, volunteer for stuff, uh, get the work done and, and show up day after day after day. And, you know, unfortunately, or, um, you know, the, the struggle or the hard part about this is we have to put in the really hard on the ground work every single day. Uh, and it takes time. It takes time to build up those relationships, but that's what this is about. It's about building relationships and building a support structure, building a support network. Um, so people know that we're reliable allies. Um, so that's, that's what you can do at the most basic level is find something you care about and then go be conspicuously an atheist <laughs> while you're doing it. Um, and, and it, it does a bunch of things. It builds that network. It, it, it means that people who are atheists who had never been part of any atheist group see you there and say, Oh, okay. I thought atheist groups, all they cared about was, you know, the stereotypical atheist issues. Anti-religion. And, Anti-religion. All yeah. they do is sit around and talk about how God doesn't exist. Yeah. No, no, no. We get out there and we make our community a better place because we know that we, we're the ones that have to do it, right? And so we get out there and do it. And so then you can recruit people into your group by demonstrating that this is what an atheist looks like, right? This is what atheism looks like in America now. Um, so you're, you're serving that need. Number two, um, you're – normalizing this community nationwide by simply being there and doing things, right? By being a visible atheist in public. Um, for, for some people in certain parts of the country, um, that's a pretty revolutionary act. That's something that people don't think about. That's something that, you know, people think, oh, I've never actually met an atheist. You show up to your immigration justice group. You show up to your, um, your gun control or your, you know, your, your gun policy group, you show up to your environmental group, you show up to any of those wearing your atheist t-shirt, literally wearing your atheism on your sleeve, um, and being a good ally, that changes people's minds immediately. And a lot of times it's the first time they've, you know, seen, met an atheist who's willing to say, oh yeah, I'm an atheist. And I, you know, I care about this issue. That's why I'm here. Um, that's, that's a really powerful act. So that's why we encourage people to do that and why we're giving people resources not to you know, do one particular issue, but a framework to do activism in general and, and how to be a better partner, how to be a better activist. That's what we want people to, to do. So, um, if you're just, if you're, you know, thinking, but I'm one person, what can I do? That's what you can do. <laughs> and also, obviously, donate to American Atheists yeah. so we can keep doing this. Stuff. <laughs> I was just going uh, to bring that up in the most subtle way possible. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I would be a very, very bad president if I don't if I don't at least mention that. Yeah. Um, that well, you because know, we, we you guys have memberships that you guys can pay yearly dues for. You guys can pitch an extra yep. money. So yep. how much does that cost? And how I mean, of course, they go to atheist.org to sign up for it. But yep, yeah, swing by atheist.org. Our our normal membership, our standard membership, is thirty five bucks. Um, that that's you know the the basic level. If you want to be a member, do that. Um, if you want to really make a difference, the easiest thing you can do is become a monthly supporter. Um, we have a lot of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are giving 10 bucks a month. Um, which, you know, we're talking two cups of coffee a month. If you go to one of the fancy spots, maybe yeah. three or four, if you, if you're like me and you go to Dunkin' Donuts, do you guys even have Dunkin' Donuts in, uh, yeah, in Utah? Yeah, I don't yeah, even know. Do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I didn't know if it was more of a Tim Hortons place or not. <laughs> no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not in North Dakota. <laughs> okay, well, see, I'm from Michigan, and so uh, they, they do not have Dunkin' – my dad has never been to a Dunkin' Donuts, uh, but he goes to Tim Hortons at least 17 times a day uh, because that's, you know – I'm from Wisconsin. Is Dunkin' Donuts there? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. man. I, I guess it's just – it must be just like Canada – uh, Michigan and North Dakota that have, uh, that have two parts, but uh, <laughs> it shows, shows my range of travel. Um, but anyway, um, you know, if you go to, if you go, so if you go to, uh, Duncan, you know, maybe it's three or four cups of coffee, but if you're going to Starbucks, it's like one triple latte mochaccino chip, something or other. That's like one drink for the month. Yeah. And you can just kick that to us and you're, you're making it easier for us to budget. Uh, you're giving us reliable income. And, you know, if you decide, whoa, um, I, you know, hit a rough patch this month, I need to stop. You stop donating for the month. Uh, you join back in when you can, but you don't have to think about it. We don't bother you asking you for money all the time. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a great way of supporting activism that matters. Um, and so, you know, it, it spreads out your giving. So you're not thinking, Oh God, I, I want to give him a hundred bucks, but do I have a hundred bucks right now? Maybe not, but I bet you have 10 bucks. Uh, every month for the year. Um, so that's what we're, we're trying to encourage people to do. Um, you know, it, it really does make a huge difference when hundreds and hundreds of people are making that sort of investment in the work that we do. Um, and it's a huge vote of confidence, uh, in this type of local activism in, in supporting local groups at this level. Um, it really makes a huge difference, uh, in the way that we can do business. That's awesome. I think everybody should get involved. Everybody should become yeah. a member. And you're absolutely right. And it it takes money in order to keep these things mm-hmm. running. It takes money to keep to keep the lights on at American Atheists to to create billboards to pay lawyers, have staff, <laughs> yeah, to to file lawsuits. All of that requires money. And, well, and sure, shit. Yeah. The other side has a shit ton of money. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to give you an idea of this, so last week uh, I was in Washington D.C. for the annual Secular Coalition for America member meeting. Um, you look around at the groups in the room. There's something like 20 different groups. Alliance Defending Freedom has more money each year than all of those groups combined and doubled. Oy. And that's one group. We're not even talking about the Family Research Council. We're not even talking about Focus on the Family. We're not talking about uh, Liberty University. We're not talking about even people who, you know, we disagree with most of the time but aren't like foaming at the mouth. Um, people like Beckett, the Beckett Fund. Um, we vehemently disagree with the Beckett Fund most of the time, uh, but they're not literal Christian nationalists trying to institute like Christian Sharia. They're just wrong, uh, but they're at least <laughs> sort of wrong within normal limits of wrongness as opposed to actively trying to destroy the country, um, which is, you know, a, a refreshing thing to say from time to time uh, in today's political discourse. Yeah, they're not building lairs in a secret cave or a hollowed out volcano <laughs> on an island somewhere and putting laser beams Honestly, on sharks heads. <laughs> yeah, if listen, if you're an atheist that has access to some sort of like giant laser cave like that, uh shoot me an email. Uh, I'd like to talk. Um cuz you know, listen, we could sell it and really hire a, a shitload of lawyers uh and 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 more more and even more importantly local organizers. Uh, these lawyers, uh, you know, they, they, for some reason, they, they want to have to, or they want to be able to pay their student loan debt, uh, you know, which, which yeah. is, you know, tough. So, uh, <laughs> we have to pay them slightly more than, <laughs> well, I, I hear Otherwise, Richard Brandon no, I, I don't want to, 
Yeah, you know, listen, uh, Richard Branson is in fact an atheist. So if somebody has a direct line to Richard Branson, ha- hit me up and uh, let's <laughs> chat because uh, I listen. We'll just uh, we just need like half a percent, Mr. Branson, and, and we're good to go here. All right. <laughs> minor, a minor, just a, a tiny, tiny investment, and you know we would really be making a lot of difference here. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go on one trip on your yacht, Mr. Branson, and that'll be enough to cover. Seriously, that's that's all it is. You know, maybe launch one fewer rocket or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's all we need uh, to to really win this fight. And you know, I, I'm I'm being a little flip about this, but you know, the fact is that your money, if if you're donating, if you're trying to decide who you're going to donate to. Where is let's let's talk you know let's talk atheist you know philosophy or what's the marginal utility of donating to different groups? You donate to the ACLU. The ACLU is great. They have a shitload of money and they're pretty well set right now. Um, you donate to an organization like us, like the American Humanist Association, like Freedom from Religion, like Secular Coalition. I'm going to plug all my friends and allies over there as well. Um, you know we're working with a much smaller budget. Um, American Atheists makes it work on about one and a half million each year. Um, which sounds like a lot, but when you're up against an organization, just one organization that has an annual budget of $50 million, that one and a half doesn't go quite as far. Where their CEO um, the, of that company is getting one and a half a year. Yeah. Their, their, uh, their, their legal director, I think, I don't remember what her title is, but she's like vice president of legal, something, something, something. She makes more than the top four paid people here. Oh, wow. uh, plus, has uh you know uh, a fund for or gets paid for her housing and gets you know all this other stuff. So we're we're nobody's getting rich over here at American Atheists. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know if you donate to us if you're a person that you know has the means to do it, it it's one more set of boots on the ground in a state that needs it. It's one more person organizing local advocates to get out and knock on doors uh at a state capitol to meet with their elected officials, to do democracy. Um, that's really powerful. And we're holding our own in many ways. Um, you know, I don't want to paint too rosy a picture because the situation is pretty dire at the federal level. But we're holding our own at the state level in a lot of states with an entirely volunteer state-level advocacy group um, other than one paid organizer. And we're holding our own in many of these states because we're able to leverage networking and contacts and support from allies that are also working with really fantastic volunteers on the ground, having one or two more paid organizers able to spend all day, every day, giving resources to those advocates is what makes the difference between holding our own and making advancements Mm -hmm. on winning the fight and on moving the football down the field. You know, and it's going to be that sort of old school you know, old school Big Ten style football where, you know, you run forward two yards and then you run forward three yards and then you run forward three yards and then you go for it on fourth down, get another two yards. And it's going to be that. It's not going to be West Coast offense. I don't know if I'm <laughs> in the weeds here. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if we got, uh, sounds like you're fans. describing the last Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, boy, that was a, that was a game. That was, that was, that Wait, was a Super Bowl. That was, I that think. happened already? Uh-huh. <laughs> I watched a football game a few weeks ago, but I don't of, know if it was that one. Kind of boring. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I forgot that what was happened. That was that was a thing. But anyway, um, that's what it looks like, but that's how you actually win, right? Um, it wasn't flashy, but at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, they pulled it out. 
And that's what we've got to be willing to do is fight for every yard, um, play good defense. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, we do have to make plays. And the only way to do that sometimes is to have, uh, people on the ground hat with the resources they need to, uh, to, to effectively fight back. Yeah. Maybe this is opening up a bigger can of war. Do you ever see a time where we're not on the defense where, where we're actually on an offense? On yeah, the, I do. Um, I mean, it just feels it, like, I mean, from the ground level, it feels like we're always on the defense. You know? Yeah. And it, and it, and it almost always feels that way. But I think all you have to do is look at history and look at how far we've actually come objectively. Uh, in the last 10, 20, 50 years. I mean, think about where things were when Madeline Murray O'Hare started American Atheists. Oh, well, um, there yeah, was man- yeah. mandatory prayer in every single public school in America, more or less. Um, mandatory Bible readings. Um, it was unthinkable that somebody would be an openly atheist elected official. Um, atheists were being slandered as, you know, communists and Soviet spies. Um, you know, it was illegal. I mean, it wasn't until what? 2002 that Lawrence v. Texas happened and sodomy laws were overturned. Um, it wasn't until, uh, you know, it's been what, six years since, no, less than that, 2014, right? Since marriage equality yeah. happened. I mean, the, the rate of change on some of this stuff is stunning. We spent, you know, 50 years, a hundred years since they started measuring with like one or 2% of Americans as atheists and non-religious. Um, and now we've got close to more than a quarter of people are non-religious, uh, something like 10%, 12% say they don't believe in God. They may not use the A word, but they say they don't believe in God. You're an atheist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's, um, that's, that's stunning. And it's happened in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, from a policy perspective, what we're seeing right now are, uh, is the other side playing defense in a way that is offensive and is offensive. Um, and they're, so they're attacking people, um, in a way that they think is entrenching their privilege and they're, they're trying to sort of build a wall and make queer people pay for it. Um, and, <laughs> and, and that's, and, and they're actually doing it though, which, uh, unlike, uh, you almost had Grant do um, a spit take with his wine. <laughs> <laughs> Bad timing there. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm allowed to say it. It's fine. Um, but so they're 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 doing that, and they're making you know they're uh, like not to be overly you know uh, catastrophic about this, but they're making LGBT kids pay for it with their lives, and you know in in some cases they're winning, but in other cases people are just disgusted with what they're doing. And it's driving people away from the church. And we see it in the numbers from young people. Um, I mean, you look at young people and it's, it's what, 40%, 35 to 40% of them are non-religious. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not all atheists, obviously. Um, they're not all, you know, non-supernatural, <laughs> but they're most yeah. definitely not religious and they despise, despise evangelical Christians. Um, they, they view evangelical Christians as morally corrupt. They view them as selling out their faith for political gain. Um, and, you know, young people are right. That's exactly what they've done. Um, and in many ways, it's helping us, uh, because it's shining a light on the hypocrisy of the other side. Um, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much credit to 
Uh, right? I want to only give some love to the uh, to the evangelical right. I want to give some love to the Catholic Church. They're doing a great job of you know uh, shining a spotlight on how morally bankrupt they are mm-hmm. um, by having you know by moving you know by by all this stuff coming out now about all the the priests who've they've shuttled around for for decades who've been abusing children for the secret policies they've had about priests who in many cases raped uh women and then had children uh and the policies that were in place for those priests uh, and that came out over the weekend um you know the finally defrocking uh the former archbishop of Washington DC after all these years um and he's you know too little too late yeah um, well i mean that's one down. In prison <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> out of um, how many absolutely and so you know people are leaving the catholic church at record numbers people are leaving the evangelical white evangelical uh denominations at record numbers the sort of mainline boring protestant numbers are decreasing as well um no uh no christian denomination is growing except for uh, if, unless you really break it down to certain ethnic ethnic and religious groups uh but christianity as a whole is not growing as as a percentage of the population uh for good reason and you know so they're they're by doubling down on this they're they're winning certain battles but they're really going to lose the war um and so i think you know there we're we're coming up on an inflection point um, if we can do a better job of telling our stories, of telling the stories of our community, of putting a human face on what on on us, we can actually win these win this fight and start making advances uh, and and really winning a lot of these these battles. Um, but I, you know, I do see hope in the future. I, I, I see um, I, I see the progress we've made, and you know, it does give me uh, cause for optimism. Um, in certain places, <laughs> it's not it's not unmitigated optimism, but there maybe, is optimism. Maybe not in Kansas, but you know, other places, <laughs> Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I don't want to I don't want to pick on certain states, but no. yes, there there are certainly some places where uh, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've been incredibly generous with your time this evening. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in a couple months at the convention. Is there anything you'd like to say before we have to let you go? Uh, just that I, I really want to thank all of the uh, advocates and the activists and the uh, the folks who have stood by us for decades uh, and are really uh, doing some fantastic work on the ground. Um, there are so many people who are uh, who have been around this community for years and years and years, decades even. Some people who have been around since Madeline Murray O'Hare was here, um, which, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that long ago, um, but have been putting in countless hours of their time, their effort, their blood, sweat, and tears into changing the world for the better. Um, they really deserve uh, all the credit in the world. They, they you know, have done fantastic work. Um, but also the people who are just joining us, who are um, joining, coming into this movement and seeing, um, you know, the values that we stand for in the work that we're doing and are um, diving in with both feet or jumping in with both feet. I guess you don't dive feet first, do you? <laughs> um, but are really jumping in. <laughs> yeah, that would be pencil diving, I guess. Um, but are really jumping in and putting in, again, countless hours of effort. I, I mean, it, it's, uh, it really gives me uh, the energy to keep going when I'm, 
you know, here at the office until 11 o'clock some nights, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I come in from, uh, you know, doing jury duty or whatever it is I'm doing, working my, my second job, uh, and then coming in here and putting in another 12 hours. Um, it, it reminds me that there are people who are doing exactly that, <laughs> but they're doing it while also working their full-time job to pay the bills. And then they're going and testifying on uh, at their state capitol, they're going and submitting testimony, they're going and protesting, and they're going and, uh, you know, having house parties and organizing rally- rallies and organizing, um, you know, actions to protest um, some really shitty thing that their legislature has done. Um, there are just tireless, tireless advocates out there who really make the difference. And I'm really proud to stand with um, so many fantastic people um, leading this organization and really leaning on them for support uh, and, you know, for, for advice and guidance um, as we uh, look forward to uh, the next year, the next five years, the next decade. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was great to chat for you. We'll have to do it again when, you know, it hasn't been 200 some odd episodes. <laughs> that have well, I was, was going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my watch for four, four years, years from today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at my clock or I'm going to look at my phone in three years and go, what is this timer that's been running? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to come back anytime, guys. It was great to talk with you. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Nick. I really appreciate it. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. And a good case can be made that the, the, the decent moderate people, just about everybody in, the, in this room, are in a sense paving the way, making the world safe for the extremists. Because decent, moderate, sensible, middle-of-the-road religious people teach children that <coughs> faith is a virtue. That means believing something without evidence. And there's a minority of people who will take that really, really seriously and they'll say, my holy book tells me that I've got to go out and kill infidels, kill apostates, that I've got to go and make a suicide bomber of myself, I've got to go and fly planes into skyscrapers in New York. It's only a minority. But if it wasn't for faith being given a free ride, but if it wasn't for faith being touted as a virtue, just about everybody in our civilization is taught that faith, that means belief without evidence, is a good thing, it's a virtue. Indeed, the less evidence there is, the more virtuous you are in believing it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! What an awesome guy. I just yeah. really like, I like talking to Nick. He's just, he's smart. He knows his shit and he's yeah. doing a fuck ton of work for the secular community. I think that's awesome. He's got a lot of solid plans. I Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a great staff. I mean, everybody that works there, I think is really, really dedicated and puts in a lot of time and effort. And I think they're, they're not thanked nearly as often as they should be, but I've also been in a volunteer secular position so i might be a little biased there but I should, yeah i should double check my membership status <laughs> I, I might have lapsed i may the, i'll probably i i probably just need to set up a the recurring thing he was talking about because i i have the recurring thing set up with like the 
legal defense fund and, mm-hmm. and various other groups. Um, you know, like five bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. I, I should just set that up. Well, and every, every little bit helps and people are like, well, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't really have much money. I can't really afford to help whatever. Honestly, any, even a dollar, like if everybody listening to the show or everybody who was concerned just gave $1, that would be a huge amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And if they could give $1 per month. Yeah. I mean, you can find that just walking down the road, picking up change, right? Yeah. That's probably, that, that's not a huge car right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steal, steal it out of your mom's purse. And send it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that costs a lot of money to travel there and steal it. I'll just... <laughs> not your mom's purse oh. necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it, it's one of the, it's one of the most difficult issues face, you know, that, that people running secular organizations face is just, they need funding in order to keep things going and, the secular community is not great at giving money to causes that they well, actually want to see succeed. <laughs> it's well, like, I mean, well, we can put in the work, but if we don't have money to run the things that need to yeah. run. We, I mean, we don't have the, the benefit of obligatory donations right. to save our souls. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We need to come up with more of those. <laughs> there are no plenary we, we exemptions. Need, we need salvation for atheists. <laughs> yeah. Like atheist salvation. Give us 10% or Cthulhu's going to get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That would make a fun YouTube video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should do that, Ryan. <laughs> we're going to do it then. We're all, we're going to dress up as missionaries. Is... We're going to dress as missionaries and, and knock on a, door and say Cthulhu needs you to donate 10% of your soul. <laughs> and, and I know there are a ton of things going on in the news that uh, we could also speak about tonight, but I wanted to give as much time as possible to Nick. And so we have run out of time, but I want to thank you all very much for listening to the show, uh, for tuning in to Nick. I hope to see a bunch of you at the American Atheists Convention. I will, in fact, be there because I got paid. What? Finally. Yay. And like I said, was able to book our flights and hotel and all that kind of stuff. I was going to get a rental car because we want to go to the Ark Encounter yeah. place while we're in the area. And I thought, well, I'll just rent a car and we'll drive. Dude, they want 30 fucking dollars per day to park at the hotel. Fuck that. Wow. That's like more than the rental car almost. I actually think it might be more than the rental car actually cost. Wow. Yeah, because I think the rental car was like was like a hundred and eighty. Yeah, for like a week. For a week. Yeah. And it would cost me more just to park Park it it. than to pay for the rental car itself. Is there like a McDonald's on the street? I don't know. (laughs) I I just decided. Oh, I guess we'll Uber. That'll be that'll be fine. It'll be a it'll be a long and expensive well, uber but it's going to be less expensive I, than renting i bet a car you can probably find an uber xl that you can share with other people oh yeah and i'm sure there's going to be other people who want to go also so. yeah just might run to a bus an yeah. atheist exodus to the uh yeah to the ark encounter <laughs> we're, we're going to be on a pilgrimage to the ark encounter <laughs> we're going to walk two by two <laughs> <laughs> yes um, same, same gender too yes oh yes yes Holding hands, rubbing backs, <laughs> pinching bottoms mm. with consent. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for tuning in, every, tuning in, everybody. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon patrons. That would be Alan Firth. New Mania. 
Oh, uh, Chrissy Kobach. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell me I was going to be doing this. Gayfiest. Larry Wilson. Steven Andrus. I need my glasses. Let them eat Kofefi. They're right here on the table. Okay. Two <laughs> skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Freethinker215. Captain Samples. Utah Outcast. Janet Uter. Seriously? <laughs> Marius, Marius, do you need to go Kut- get your eyes Kai- checked again? Marius Coat Coat Coat. I is sorry, Marius Putrakowski. Wes Aaron, Andrew Vodapich, Angelica Pearson, Pearson, Jeremy Goodson, Randy Hamrick, Megan Kennedy, The Foz, Jeff Peterson, Jesse Pointer, Savita Kuna, The Purple Dragon, and Taylor Grin. Thank you all very, very much. If you too would like to become a Patreon patron, we would welcome you doing that. If it's going to give you any grief or heartache, though, don't do it. Don't do it at all. Uh, but if you can and would like to, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get extended clips, extended outtakes, extended shows, early releases, sometimes extra shows, all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, you help keep the show going. They, you help you help pay the bills and keep the lights on, and we would greatly appreciate you doing that. And so, until next week, crucify <laughs> the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Leave a donation at atheist.org, and you'll achieve nirvana. And rate the show five times a day towards Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. yay! <laughs> <laughs> and so, until next week. I've not thought of a goddamn thing to crucify. Um, hmm. I was going to say crucify the crucify the congressional power prayer. No, wait. Take two. Crucify <laughs> the congressional prayer caucus foundation. Where's the cheat sheet? Oh, and what? rate the show five times a day toward Cincinnati. Did I say sin? Yeah, you did. Okay. You said it twice. Cincinnati's so nice, you say it twice. I was... Okay. <laughs> I'm having a brain cramp right now. I don't know what's going the, on. The cheat sheet is gone. It, so. Matt has it... Oh, it's over plastered there. Plastered on. Nah. <laughs>